What do you say, everybody? It's time for Monday Night Quarterback. Welcome to the Bama Insider YouTube channel. That's right, the Alabama Rival site. And every Monday night, we get together for Monday Night Quarterback with Tony Sukalis, who is the beat writer for Bama Insider. And you can read all of his work at BamaInsider.com. I'm Mick Gillespie. It is a pleasure to have you guys with us tonight. And as you listen and hang out, as you watch and hang out, we ask you to do a couple of things. First off, subscribe to our channel. And a lot of you guys have done that. I mean, we've been uh, slowly climbing the charts, kind of like Alabama. And uh, when Nick Saban first arrived, and then all of a sudden you turn around and we're like over 50,000, we're heading towards 75,000 subscribers. Thank you guys. We really appreciate it more than we can even tell you. Give us a thumbs up, subscribe as you hang out, whether you're an Alabama fan or you just like college football. Thank you for being with us tonight. Make sure you hit us in the comments section. And uh, we're going to talk a lot of college football. Also, for those of you that are listening to the podcast, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, please do us a big favor and say Roll Tide to us with a five-star rating. Tell your friends. Post it share, uh, get the word out. We got so much to talk about with the NFL draft coming up on Thursday. And again, as I mentioned, great to have all of you guys with us. All right, Tony, let's get into this now. And we were talking in our pre-show meeting and we're like, hey, you know, we could talk all night about the NFL draft and where Alabama players could and will end up. I mean, there's just so many different angles here. We've been kind of you know, thinking about it, obviously the big thing, and I'm going to throw this up there, is where this guy's going to go, Mac Jones. Uh, how you been? And let's jump right into Mac Jones. Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, it's draft week, so it's it, yeah, of course the focus has got to be on the draft, right, Mick? Um, so, yeah, he's going into to Mac Jones. Uh, look, you know, Ian Rappaport uh, today tweeted, and then there's been a, mu- a bunch of people actually that have kind of mentioned that it looks like the 49ers are down to two – players uh and it could be mac jones or, or trey lance and so um you know we've been hearing the mac jones noise at, at number three for a while it's looking like that could be more and more of a possibility now the niners could go with trey lance and if they do i, I think mac jones might slide a little bit but um I, I just see that you know i see him going number three overall i think that's you know um, I think the 49ers like him. I think that they, they thought he was different than the other quarterbacks in the draft and in, in terms of the, they needed to get to three to get him. And, uh, they, you know, say what you would about that trade, uh, about moving up to three and how much they had to give up. But I think they're going to end up getting their guy. Uh, that's just my thought process on it. Well, I mean, there's been a lot of talk. I mean, the 49ers have paid a heavy ransom to move up to third in this draft. And as you look at it, it's going to be a, you know, a top heavy quarterback draft and it could be, you know, the first four or five picks could be quarterbacks. I mean, I'm not saying it will be, but it could be. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is locked in. He's going first. He's going to the Jaguars. There's no chance they're going to let him get away. Right. Second pick. The Jets are going to go after a quarterback. Uh, They're taking the guy from BYU. What's his name again? Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Okay, so and and it, it, you know that seems to be locked in as well. They even traded their quarterback to the Carolina Panthers, right? So this whole draft, which by the way, we are going to be live right here on Bama Insider Draft Day with our draft watch party. Uh, the entire crew will be coming in and out as we watch and see what happens in this NFL draft. I mean, this is it's going to be a really interesting night just to kind of know where these guys end up, but. The big question's been the odds on favorite to go to the 49ers in Vegas has been this guy right here, uh, Mac Jones. But I, I guess the criticism against Mac Jones, I've heard people say arm strength. I've heard people say that he hasn't played enough games to have a full body of work. Uh, I heard someone taking a shot at him because he had too many weapons. Sometimes having too many weapons makes it tougher on the quarterback. I forget where I heard it, but uh, somebody brought up the point today um, that, you know, yes, Mac Jones has had a lot of weapons, but did, did those weapons really have to work to get to get catches? Um, and that's a good point, because I don't think there's many times when you saw, uh, you know, Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddell or John Mechie even, they didn't necessarily bail Mac Jones out of a bad throw. And it's like, oh, man, that would have been, 
an incompletion, but it was just a circus catch. I mean, a lot of these throws, sure, the, the wide receivers got open, but it's not like it was a poor throw from Mac. I mean, he did all he could do, you know, and he just found the open guy. Um, so I, I think that's that's worth noting as well. And, and you know, a lot of people had weapons. Trevor Lawrence had weapons. Uh, Justin Fields had weapons. I mean, these are all pr- quarterbacks on big-time programs. I mean, Trey Lance didn't have the same weapons, but he was also going up against Division II uh, you know, talent. So, I mean, maybe in perspective, he might've had weapons. I don't know. I, I know that North Dakota state's pretty loaded for that, for their level of play. So um, I think that's, that's always been a weak argument. The one thing that Mac doesn't have is, is mobility. So if you're really high on mobility, then he's not your guy, but he's a guy that can, you know, he's got a great football mind. He's, he's, you know, very smart. He can break down a, a defense. He's uh, you know, He's also a great leader, um, and he's just uh, really accurate with the football as well. Um, I think he's got ample arm strength. I, I don't remember a, a time that, you know, he underthrew a, a pass there. That he's made every throw he's had to make. So um, I, I don't see that being a problem either. It's just that mobility. And uh, he's proved that he's not as, you know, you know cement-footed as some people want to, you know, make him out to be. He's not a running quarterback, but he can, he can get out of pressure – and move, you know, kind of maybe to save his life a little bit, but he, he can move uh, well enough to, to survive in the league. And I just think everything else, the the, the football IQ, the the ability to break down defenses, um, that's all gonna gonna shine through for him. What would happen if the 49ers didn't take Mac Jones? Then all of a sudden, where's this guy gonna end up? Yeah, so a uh, popular landing spot if the Niners don't take him. Uh, a lot of people are kind of circling that, like, not like could could Denver just would Denver like him at nine if they don't want to trade up? Or um, that could be a possibility. Uh, the Patriots have been thrown out there a lot as a team that would probably need to trade somewhere in that eight to ten range. But um, they're a team, you know, Bill Belichick doesn't like trading up, uh, but maybe you know the the need is so apparent for New England to get a quarterback. It, you might see him do that. Mac Jones uh, might be that guy. I mean, look, he's been compared to, to Tom Brady a little bit. I know he's not, it's, it, that's kind of an unfair comparison in, in some, you know, aspects, but uh, he fits that system that they were using before Cam Newton. So um, I think that that would be a nice fit. I mean, look, I think when you look at who would be the best two fits for Mac, I think it's probably San Francisco or New England. Um, I think those are, if he goes to one of those two good, teams just watch out because I think they're ready made for him and I think he'll strive at both you know at both you know franchises but um I I would say what Washington could probably trade up for him as well kind of similar to the Patriots they'd probably have to trade up in that 8 to 10 range uh 8 to 11 12 you know range uh those are probably the four teams that I would say um Niners Broncos Patriots and and, and Red and Washington football team um those are the, you almost uh, said it you almost I said know, it. Nickel, in the, nickel in the jar I know but um yeah those four teams I think uh would be the ones that I would highlight as possible Mac landing spaces and what we're doing too is I'm I'm over here flipping through your article so you can you know talk about that you you wrote an article and it mentions how many Alabama players under the Nick Saban era at Alabama went to were drafted by NFL teams. And so my Baltimore Ravens are number one, the most Alabama players. Uh, the Washington football team is uh, two with six under Saban. Uh, and then kind of – New England, who's also six. Yeah, tied with New England. And, and uh, ironically, the Reds – you know, the Redskins. I said it. Uh, the Redskins and um, – the uh, Patriots are two of the three teams that we could see taking Mac Jones. I feel like Mac Jones, I, I've been very critical of Mac Jones. You know, like I, I wasn't on the bandwagon early, and all the guy does is just go out and kind of prove that he belongs, you know. And if he goes to the 49ers, it just feels like it would be a really good fit for him. And it may also, maybe it would be a better fit for the 49ers in another way too. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to feel a lot of pressure that he hasn't had to feel before. I mean, he was always Tom Brady's backup. He got to the 49ers. It was his job. This is the first time where they're actively seeking his replacement. So it, it's it, it, what the 49ers are doing right now is, is essentially saying, Jimmy Garoppolo, who got them to the Super Bowl two years ago, 
you can't stay healthy enough for us and we got to go find somebody else. Yeah. And so when you, I think that you hit it right on the, right on the nail there is it's a matter of healthiness. You know, I think if if Jimmy G was always uh, if he was always healthy, I don't know if San Francisco makes this trade. I think they'd probably be happy with him as a quarterback, but as he's not very reliable and, and they need, you know, the answer at quarterback, they obviously don't feel like it's him. That being said, I think if, if Mac went to the 49ers, there's a good chance that he's going to be the backup, which may, may help him. It may help him ease his way into the league. Uh, but for that first season, and at least for the majority of the season, I think uh, unless he's traded on draft day or after, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the, uh, the quarterback at San Francisco. Um, but I do think that it, the rest that the way that that team's built and, and, and the weapons that Mac Jones would have around him, you know, if once he got comfortable and once he kind of was able to replace uh, Jimmy G, I think that that would set up really nicely for him. I think that's, that's, a, that's a really good spot if you look at the weapons that they have um, and, and, and what Mac Jones can do. So I, I love that, that, that pick for him. Um, when you talk about learning under Garoppolo though, I mean, does that kind of make you think like, um, when you look at the prospects, right, Mick, you've got Trey Lance, who has this high ceiling, arguably higher than Max ceiling. His floor is probably lower than Max floor. Is that who they're taking a chance on possibly? And then, you know, having him sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo, kind of giving him extra time to learn to learn an offense because if you're looking from a Trey Lance perspective, it's not a bad position for him as well. He still has those weapons and he has more time to learn. That's just an interesting – the fact that it's between those two guys is really interesting because I could really see the Niners pouncing on either one of them. I feel like Mac Jones proved something this season to me, and that's he's able to execute a game plan, that he has a very high football IQ and a big-time memory. And I, and I just think that if you're taking a risk in the NFL draft with a pick that you went and gave up all of these other picks to get, right? You can't get it wrong. And I think that the 49ers are in a spot here where it it would the what's the, the least amount of risk between these two guys, right? And it's Mac Jones. Um you could make that argument. Um yeah, yeah, I think for, I mean cuz look, you talk about you haven't seen enough from Mac Jones, you really haven't seen enough from Trey Lance. So, yeah, I think you could you could make that argument in terms of risk. Um I think on the other hand, like I was saying, possibly the ceiling could be higher for, for Trey Lance, depending on who you ask. But I still think Mac Jones's ceiling is pretty high as well. So, I mean, look, if I would have the choice at, at, at number three, I, I would pick Mac Jones. Um, hmm. But, you know, I'm not I'm not in that position. And, but I, I also like Trey Lance as a quarterback. I think all of the top five this year, they all have a chance to be good. I think it's, it's also going to depend on where they land I think Max in a good position because if I was one of these quarterbacks you know in terms of the money I'm going to be making from being picked that early uh San Francisco is the place to be because you get top three money plus you get to be on San Francisco which is a lot better than being on the Jets at the Jaguars so yeah um you know the, the one I wouldn't want to be is on the Jets I mean shoot I, I don't even know I think if Trevor Lawrence went to the Jets I, I'd start doubting his career because I just the Jets just don't develop quarterbacks so um I guess the, the once, uh, you know, I'm sure Mac wants to go as high as he can, but once he sees uh, Zach Wilson go to the Jets, it's got to be a weight off of his shoulders because I don't think anybody wants to play for them, Mick. Yeah, I got to scroll to your article here to the New York Jets just because I'm curious, like, what uh, Alabama players went with the Jets. Of course, Quinn and Williams, I remember that was a good pick for them. He's He's been a very good NFL player so far. Our Darius Stewart, yeah, I remember him. Greg McElroy, I can't believe he got drafted, but you know he was in the seventh round. And, and when you look at see like you know, the possible targets too for this year, um, they're not going to pick an Alabama player at number two. Um, but uh, w- when you look at you know possible targets down the road, um, Najee Harris could be a, a possibility at, at number three mm-hmm. um, if they want to go running back there. Um, I think you know eventually depending on what they do in the first round and how they, you know, protect Zach Wilson, they're, they're going to need some protection. So maybe an Alex Leatherwood, maybe a Landon Dickerson in the, in the middle rounds. Um, Alex Leatherwood, Mick, is somebody that, you know, I was originally hearing was going to go third round, late second round. And and now you're starting to see some, some mock drafts. I mean, he's sneaking into that top first, or you know, the, the late first round. So um the jury's kind of out with uh, with Alex Leatherwood. I think it's kind of tied. 
to whether or not you think he can stay at tackle at the next level, but put him as a possible, you know, maybe the Jets could go after him in the second round or something like that, early second. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, offensive line is one of the most important positions. I mean, look, look at the the Bengals, right? I mean, the, you go out, you get Joe Burrow, who's a great quarterback. You don't protect him and he gets hurt. You know, it could be the same situation with any of these quarterbacks um, where you, you better invest in the offensive line to give them the time to develop. And in the NFL, if you're taking a lot of hits, which is something that I, I – another, you know, kind of finishing up the, the discussion on Mac. That's the one area where I kind of felt concerned is that he really didn't get hit that much. I mean, Georgia game, first half, took some hits, and he he was tough and he handled it. But the offensive line that he had blocking for him last year was otherworldly. And they they protected him really well. I, yeah, but if there's a knock on Mac Jones, it's not that he's too fragile. If, if anything, he's a little thick. You know what I'm saying? He's he's got that extra that extra padding mix. Uh, but no, I've seen him I've seen him get hit. Uh, you know the Iron Bowl that he lost. Um, I remember he took a, a shot. I, I think it was on the sideline, um, and he popped right back up. And you know after it, it was it was extra noticeable because you know at that time Tua was nursing so many injuries that every time he got hit hard, it was everyone held their breath. You know, but I remember Mac just got just nailed on a play and he just popped right back up um so uh he, he's he's a tough kid uh yeah you know, there's a picture of him with the blood streaming down his face and he's just he's that kind of guy he's got kind of like um you know i i from a toughness standpoint i think he's right up there like with, with jalen hurts another guy that like that seems like jalen could just get run over by a train and, and just pop back up so uh, i don't think that will be a problem jalen hurts was next level when it came to taking a, a yeah. hit and and he was just built different. I mean, he was like a running back quarterback, you know, like he was definitely a and, – and I mean like a power back. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, spot. Uh, but the, look, Mac Jones probably going to be drafted ahead of him and Tua, which still is amazing to me. And, you know, we're looking at him at number three. Hey, guys, as you hang out with us tonight, Tony Sukalis and me, Mick Gillespie, talking about the NFL draft that's coming up on Thursday. And we want to remind all of you guys to come hang out with us. We're going to be here for a watch party. Kyle Henderson will be hanging out. I'm sure we'll hear from Andrew Bone. Tony will be here as we just see what happens. I mean, we're all curious. You know, we're going to give you an instant reaction to what's going on Thursday night, how we feel about it. I'm guessing that there's not going to be a surprise. Mac Jones goes to the 49ers. I just think that's it's too much of a of a risk to hey, take someone this, uh, outside uh, of that. Damage case has a, a hot take in the comic se- section. Latest comment. So let's see what you think about that. Mac won't be in the first round. Yeah, that that right there. There's uh, I don't think, and, and I'm being serious. I I'm I don't think there's a chance he gets out. Yeah, Mick, are you there? I think what Mick was going to say is there's not a chance he gets out of the first round. That's that's completely right. Um, yeah, can you see me now? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, there's there's, there's no chance that he, he slips out of the first round. I don't think there's a chance he slips out of the top 20 or possibly even the top 15. There's no th- – here's the thing, like, and I know that, that damage, damage case is probably just, like, messing around, but th- there's too much need for quarterback right now in the NFL. And this is one of those years where going into the offseason in the NFL, there were, I want to say, 15 teams that you could say, okay, they might have a different quarterback next year. So when you start getting past, say the 49ers don't take them, the Patriots need a quarterback, um, you know, like the Re- the Washington team needs a quarterback, you know, and, and, and you start to kind of go back and you look and you go, hey, look, th- this guy – um, that there's just no chance, not 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 at all, yeah. and it's it's really it just like the, position. I could see, you know, the Patriots not wanting to trade up for a quarterback, but if one like Mac Jones just falls in their lap from a you know a head coach and Nick Saban who's close with Bill Belichick, so he'll have all the information he needs on Mac. Um, I mean, maybe shoot, I don't know, maybe the Patriots don't like Mac Jones, but like that just screams like I don't see him getting past New England if if that was to happen, and and really. I don't expect them to really get out of the top 10 or 11 because I think somebody's going to trade up. 
um, you know, just because, you know, Washington's interested, I don't think Washington's going to be picking them at 19 if they pick them. They're going to have to give something up to get ahead of the Patriots to pick. Or possibly if they, you know, really like them, maybe ahead of Denver, you know. so they might have Yeah, to Denver, them. right. If he went to – if he got past the 49ers, Denver would take him. The Panthers would take him. Uh, if they had the Panthers, got Adam – they they got Darnold and I, I don't buy the. Fact I still could see really. them taking. Look, if the right quarterback came their way, what would it matter to them? Like you, you have yeah. a battle and then you pick one and you trade the other one. I just don't. I know, and the, the I think the the Carolina Panthers are still like, well, we might pick a quarterback, but I I don't buy it. I think that's I think the Panthers are saying that because there's a chance that they might trade that pick to like you said the the Patriots are the Redskins. I'm sorry. Dang it. Another, another dollar in the jar. The Patriots are, are, are Washington. And, um, you know, I think they're going to want more at that number eight pick to maybe move down to 15 if that's what they want to do. Um, so they're going to, I think saying that they need a quarterback, I just don't buy that Carolina's going to draft a quarterback after drafted, after trading for Sam Darnold. Hey, it's Tony Sue Call us on Mick Gillespie. Thumbs up and subscribe as you hang out with us. We're talking about Thursday's NFL draft here on the Alabama rival site, Bama Insider. And BamaInsider.com, you can read Tony's story. We've been popping it up there. Uh, and other work. Anything Alabama football, he covers it. He's got a great piece on there right now. It talks about all of the players who have been drafted in the Nick Saban era by NFL teams and then what they might do in the draft and how that what their needs are match what Alabama has going out. All right, let's get into the second pick of an Alabama player. And this one's tough because Patrick Sertain is going to the Cowboys at 10 if he's there. And he may be the first defensive player taken. With that said, you got Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell as two of the three top receivers, right? Jamar Chase being the other guy I would think is, you know, the the, he didn't play this year. He opted out, but he was part of the LSU Tigers championship team. So you, those are the three that we're thinking will be first round picks. The Bengals are in this conversation. Do they take a receiver, which would probably be Chase to match him up with Burrow? Or do they take an offensive lineman? I mean, look, we found out they found out the hard way that if you don't protect your quarterback, no matter how good he is, he's going to get hurt, right? Um, so that's a question. And I guess to you, Tony is who do you think will be the second Alabama player selected? And then we're going to talk about that player. So if it, if it's certain, we'll talk about him. If it's Waddle, we're going to talk about him. So you're going to direct the show right yeah. now with your answer. Who's he going to, who is it? And, uh, so it, it seems like Cincinnati wants to go, um, they might want to go offensive line so that could mess things up a little bit for from an Alabama perspective because if let's just say like they went offensive line at, at number five Cincinnati they picked Penny Sewell um and you got maybe Atlanta picking number four at um yeah and, and let's say just say they picked Kyle Pitts um you might see I don't know so then you then you go to number six at uh Miami do they pick Jamar Chase I don't know. Uh, but I, I think Miami, you know, might want to get uh, to a, a, one of his former receivers. I'm actually thinking possibly uh, Jalen Waddle at, at number six. I, I Just the way the mock drafts are going and, you know, um, I, I just think when it comes to these things, you saw it last year. I think you could make the argument that Jerry Judy was a better receiver than Henry Ruggs, but Henry Ruggs went ahead of Jerry Judy just because of that speed factor. And I think that's a similar thing this year where I feel that Devontae Smith is actually a better receiver than Jalen Waddle, but I think Jalen Waddle has that tool of that elite speed and shiftiness that um, might see him drafted higher. So I'm going to go with Jalen Waddle as the next player taken. So we're, we've got your, uh, your BamaInsider.com, you know, NFL projections story up there right and so this is the dolphins you guys can't see it but it is it's the dolphins and you're talking about um you know the fact that two is there i've heard jamar chase possibly to miami but i feel like if you're miami and you've got tua 
is Jamar Chase that much better than Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith? He's and different because he's bigger. Because he's big, would that matter to you? Is that what they want? I don't know, but like, yeah. Would that matter the 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 relationship though at Alabama? Would that matter in the draft, or do you think they don't care where a guy went to school? Could that factor in at all? With that, I don't know. That's why I said that when you get to number six, it's it's different. You know, I think also here's another wrench. I mean, I think talk about Jamar Chase. I mean, look if if a quarterback, let's say Atlanta trades out of that pick, pick uh, somebody picks a quarterback. And then, um, you know, Cincinnati still goes with Sewell at five. I think, I think there's a lot of pressure on Miami then to pick uh, Kyle Pitts at number six. So I, I don't know, it, you know, it, but I, I do think that um, it would kind of make sense. I get your point to, to give some to a, someone that he's comfortable with. He's comfortable with both Devontae and Jalen. Um, so we'll see how that kind of plays out. So you think Waddle – in that in that pick, the sixth pick. Yeah, I, to, think, um, I think I think Waddle's probably my third. I'm my second Alabama player off the board. Um, yeah, that's that's just how I have it. Um, okay, well that's fine. All right, but let's just assume Waddle goes in the sixth spot to Miami. Is anyone taking Devonte Smith before Patrick Sertain and? Where do you have these two guys? I think when you get to uh, when you get to Devonte Smith, that that's where it gets kind of a like a questionable. It, it would have to be the Lions there. There are they going to draft Devonte Smith? Devonte Smith, there's been like a little bit concerns, obviously about his size. I, I wonder if the Lions, you know, would go there, or maybe the Lions at that point would want to trade out because at that point uh, there might be a quarterback on the board and they can get a lot of you know draft capital for him. Um, but yeah, I guess the next one could be Devonte. but I'm actually having Devonte slip out of my top 10, even though I think that's probably a crime. So I'm going to go with Patrick Sertan as my next Alabama player off the board. And I, I think he goes, I think he goes to Dallas at number 10 unless, and here's the only way he doesn't go to Dallas at number 10 is if somebody makes a trade with Dallas, um, you know, trying to get a quarterback. And if they, if they give Dallas somebody that, you know, if Dallas feels like, oh, we can get Sertan later, they, you know, at 15, they might make a trade with the Patriots. Um, but uh, I, I have, assuming Dallas keeps the 10 pick, I have Patrick Sertan as my third Alabama player. Let's, let's lock him in at number 10. Right. And I feel the same way too. I mean, I think that if Dallas had a chance to get Kyle Pitts, the tremendous tight end out of Florida who's going in the first 10 picks. I don't think that he'll get to Dallas, but I think that if somehow Pitts was not selected, that Dallas would take him. There were some thoughts too that they would trade up for him. I don't see them. It's going to cost so much to trade up for a player just because there's so many quarterbacks on the board. Yeah. Dallas won't trade up, but that had been, I think that was a rumor at some point. Um, like I said, I think it's just going to be a case of I don't expect Pitts to be there. If Pitts is there, they'll take Pitts. But uh, well, Sertain's a, he's he's tremendous. I mean, he doesn't get hurt. He's he's a prototypical corner. You slide him in the NFL, and you know, and Dallas has that side of the field locked down. I mean, he's. Yeah. Kind of like a Marlon Humphrey to me. I, I kind of felt like when Marlon Humphrey went to Dallas, excuse me, Baltimore, that he was going to be from day one a great player, and he has been. Yeah, I think the only thing that's hurting Sertan in, in a value sense, like, like so let's say just for this Dallas, you know, if, from a Dallas perspective, is if Dallas can get value on a trade, South Carolina's J.C. Horn is also just like very similar to Patrick Sertan. They're both great players, and so like maybe Dallas could be in a, in a position where it's like, oh, if I move down to, to 15, I might not get Patrick Sertan, but I could still get J.C. Horn. And mm-hmm. that might entice them to trade out of the pick. But um, like you said, that's, the, that's probably the only thing hurting a little bit of Patrick Sertan's value is the fact that there's another really elite cornerback right there. But, uh, you know, I, I think he's going to go in the top 10. I think he's probably going to go to, to Dallas, the – they need him, and it's a kind of a cool reunion too because they've got Trayvon Diggs on that secondary as well. So, kind of rejoining it uh, with, with Trayvon. With Trayvon. Yeah, and I feel like uh, 
Sertan is head and shoulders better than Diggs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's also got second round pick. a lot higher as well, but yeah. Yeah, as you see right there, uh, second-round pick. Sure. Uh, 51st Diggs, overall. Diggs not bad, though. I, I like Diggs. He's a big cornerback. Um, I, I think he's. I think that'd be a neat, a neat pairing. Yeah, and it could possibly happen. If Dallas doesn't take Sertan, where do you think he ends up? Oakland? Does he get that far down the board? I think at that point, like – I think really like Philadelphia is in a position where like they can snatch up that guy that falls out of the top 10, you know? So if that guy happens to be Jalen Waddle or Devonte Smith or Patrick Sertan, whoever it is, that guy that like, how did this guy fall out of the top 10? Like Philly's right there to catch him. You know what I'm saying? And I think yeah. so if that happens, I think Philadelphia probably just says Shoop, and, and takes him. you know? Because that's a great, you know, there's a great value at number 12. Awesome. He's Tony Sukos. I'm Mick Gillespie. We're talking NFL draft on Monday Night Quarterback. Don't forget, as you hang out with us here on the Bama Insider YouTube channel, thumbs up and subscribe. And that's your way of saying, hey, thanks, guys. I mean, it's a free thing to do. Subscribe, thumbs up as you hang out. Make sure you check out BamaInsider.com for all of the latest on Alabama recruiting with Andrew Bone. Alabama football with Tony Sukalis and Kyle Henderson. All right, look, for those of you, I got to say this before I get back into my next point. For those of you that are listening to the podcast right now, five stars, please. Spotify, Apple, that's your way of saying roll tide to us. You can get this show in so many different formats. All right, let me say this again. Look, we now have on our board the Tony Sukalis board of this year's draft and we'll find out how accurate you are when we have our live draft party on Thursday, Tony, but you're calling third pick 49ers Mac Jones off the board, off of our board for right now. Okay. Then we got, we got Jalen Waddle off the board. We got Patrick Sertan off the board. So who's next? It's gotta be Devonte Smith. Yeah. And I actually have Wait. him at number 12 to the Eagles. Um, that's that's where I have him. Um, as a, I, th- I think you know, and that that's you talk about. It, it, that would be such a cool situation too, because not only would you know, because in my mo- on my mock board, as you call it, um, I have Jalen Waddle teaming up with Tua Tungavailoa. Well, this would also have Devonte Smith teaming up with uh, Jalen Hurts in, in Philadelphia. I just think that um, this feels like you're maybe you're playing to the crowd a little bit here tonight. So no, now I, 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 look, that's what I said if Philadelphia is in a position where at at 12 they can sw- swoop up the guy. I think there's no way that Devontae Smith should be not a top 10 guy, but you have a lot of quarterbacks in this year's draft and um, there's just needs. I think he's by far the best player available for, for Philly in that spot. Um, he could go earlier. You know what I'm saying? Like he, like I said, he could have went to the, to the lions at seven. Um, so we'll have to see what happens there, but um, but yeah, the, the way my mock board felt, you know, kind of lined up, uh, that's where I have him at twelve to Philly. Well, look, and if if it if it works out the way that you're thinking it possibly could, how interesting would it be? You'd have Tua with J- you'd have Tua with Jalen Waddle in Miami. You would have uh, Diggs. Stefan Diggs hanging out with Patrick Sertan in Dallas in the secondary. And then you'd have uh, Jalen, uh, uh, you'd have uh, Jalen Hurts throwing the ball to Devontae Smith in Philadelphia. It'd be great. It'd, it'd be fun. I wasn't even thinking about that as I was doing it, maybe on an individual basis. But I, yeah, um, it, it, that would definitely be weird how that would play out. But it, it's very realistic. I mean, like, if you look at the mock, I'm going to have a mock draft roundup tomorrow. Um, these are pretty much where these guys have been mocked. I think each one of my selections on the mock drafts that I've done, that's been the guy that's been mocked the most to that spot. So it's, I'm not, I'm not like lining this up in some, uh, you know, Alabama way. It's just kind of the way it might actually fall out. <laughs> hey, let's hope so. It'd be a lot of fun. All right. Now devil's advocate, Philadelphia doesn't take Smitty. Where's he go? Jeez, look, if, you know, as, as someone that follows the Patriots, right, um, if somehow he slipped to 15, 
uh, and the Patriots didn't have to trade anything and they could get their number one receiver in Devontae Smith, that'd be crazy. Uh, that being said, if the, if the Eagles didn't pick him, I could see uh, possibly the LA Chargers picking him and, you know, really kind of building up their weapons uh, around Justin Herbert. The thing about it is, like, he's a top 10 player. So the, the farther away he gets from the top 10, teams are just going to be like, well, I can't let him go. And he like, you know, I'll just draft him. He's the best player available. So um, if he slips to, to, I already feel him going to Philadelphia is a slip. So if he doesn't go to Philly, it's just like anyone can pick him after that because he's such a value pick after that. Do you think that Bill Belichick would look at the 166 pound size he's being criticized for right now? and not worry about that at all because he is such a good football player. And uh, let me just scroll down on your story. By the way, folks, you can read this at BamaInsider.com. Six Alabama players have gone to the Patriots. But I feel like that of all the players that have come out of Alabama, he would definitely be, as far as the Patriots go, the most highly touted. Yeah, the only other one that would be right there with him would be uh, Dante Hightower, who is the uh, only first-rounder uh, that that Bill Belichick picked out of the Patriots. But I'd, I'd say that Devontae Smith is on a talent level higher than, than Dante Hightower was coming out. Yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think you're right about that. Um, I just don't see any way, unless the Patriots, like, shock everyone and trade up not for a quarterback and trade up for a wide receiver, um, which I definitely don't see happening. But, like, I, I don't see him slipping to the Patriots. It's just – if he did, if, if Devontae Smith slips to the Patriots, first of all, they better take him. Second of all, a lot of people messed up and they got freaked out over weight uh, that hasn't mattered at all and, and probably won't matter in his career. Uh, I think that'd be a, such a huge mistake. You'd be looking at teams like the Eagles, you know, the, the Lions, the Chargers, like, what are you doing? How'd you let this guy slip? And how'd you let him, you know, slip to New England? And now they have a, a good receiver. They're just not, you know, they won't have a quarterback at that point, but, they, but still, I, I just, um, I don't think he'll slip, you know, to new England or past new England. I, I think he's his, I don't see him going past Philadelphia. So who's next. So this is where it gets interesting. Um, I, you know, I don't want to like throw any shade at, at Christian Barmore. I don't see him as a first round pick necessarily. Um, I, and, I well, let me, let me say this too, and you pick it up, but uh, I've definitely read and heard things lately that teams are a little concerned about Barrymore. What are those things that they're worried about? Yeah, he's just he's a high floor, low or sorry, a low floor, high ceiling kind of guy. Like he's a little bit raw. So I mean, like you don't know he he's a, a little bit more development, um, but he's a guy that has a lot of talent. He's got that rare, you know, ability to to provide some pass rush from the inside. I think teams, you know, kind of see Quinn and Williams when they, when they look at him and they, they're like, Oh man, if I can get Quinn and Williams in the middle of the first round, that's, you know, that'd be such a steal. But then again, I think he could go in the second round. I think I even did one mock draft that, that had him in the third round. I think that's too low, but I, my next pick to answer your question is Najee Harris. And I have him going at 24 to the Steelers. I'm glad you brought Najee up, and like I think he's a great pick for the Steelers. Uh, James Conner obviously left the team. They don't have a running back. Najee is someone who can do so many different things. He can catch the ball. He can run. Uh, I saw this this video that Alabama put out. Well, it wasn't Alabama. You guys were telling me it was another service that, that basically it was like Alabama players going to the pros. And it was, you know, where he's talking about, you know, kind of like sticking around from California, being in at Alabama, and then, um, you know, waiting his turn, which I thought was really good. And then he started talking about the fans and, you know, not really liking the fans that much and not wanting to do pictures and autographs and, you know, basically like kind of how fandom works, you know, when people aren't doing great, you know, you get criticized. And when you're doing great, you're the best person in the whole world. He... I felt like he kind of should have avoided that until maybe after the draft, just because I, I'm pulling for him so much, but it just came off bad to me. And I wonder if that's going to affect his draft status at all. That's yeah. why when you guys, you don't need to do it. Don't do it. Don't, you don't need yeah. to do that, that story. 
Najee, I mean, I don't even know if that's Najee's the kind of guy that I, I don't even think if he's going to say that stuff, uh, it, you know, in, in, in a video, he's going to probably say it straight to the he's a pretty straight shooter. So he's probably already said all that stuff during Tim team meetings. You know what I'm saying? If they asked him, I don't think he's a guy that's really going to try to hide or guard behind anything. He's kind of like a straight shooter. That's kind of what makes him so fun to cover. So w whether or not that raises a red flag or, you know, I don't know. But um, when you look at his talent um, on the football field, it, that that's pretty undeniable. And he can do just about everything. Um, you know, he, he's maybe not as quick as, as Travis at the end, but he can be just as much of an impact in the passing game. And then obviously he can be, a, you know, a, a downhill runner. He can be shifty, jump, literally jumps over people. So um, he has all the makings to be a feature back, to be a three down back in the NFL. Um, that's why I have him going in the first round. I think, you know, some team's going to see that and say, hey, this guy could could really be a steal. A team like the Steelers are a, a team that can make the playoffs that maybe just needs that extra piece. I know they need a lot of offensive line help, but they can probably get that in the next round. So, um, yeah, I, I have him going there. Well, look, he could – if he goes to Pittsburgh or the right organization, he could be the best running back in the NFL. Sure. And we, we saw the same thing with Derrick Henry. It's finding the right spot. And the Pittsburgh Steelers have a history of, first off, going out and fortifying the offensive line. Uh, they are dedicated to running the football. And someone that is as smart and as good as he is, is would be a great fit for them. Um, but, you know, my point is, like, people are making decisions right now that are going to affect their franchise and their careers. So, you know, you you do these interviews and you say the wrong thing, you know, and people start to maybe question a little bit. Hey, look, I, we don't have to take a running back in the first round. Yeah. No, no one really does. Why not just take a second round guy? You know, maybe we, we take somebody that doesn't mind doing a picture or an autograph or, you know, doesn't come off like, you know, like maybe they're bothered by part of the experience that you're going to be dealing with times 10 when you get to the NFL. Right. Uh, not to say that Alabama is isn't like some of the NFL teams, but man, if you go to if you go to Pittsburgh and you're the running back for the Steelers, everybody's going to know you, and and I don't think you can hide away like you do in college uh, when when you're in the NFL. I think mean, you go anywhere, people are going to recognize you. And I mean, I, I've always thought that Alabama fans did a really nice job of treating the football players like I mean we went to classes with them we were in there with them you know saw them all the time I mean I you know I didn't go to school when Bama was was uh was like this I mean they won the SEC one year but uh but at the same time I I feel like for the most part everybody loves the football players you know so I just didn't get that and it kind of came off to me in a, in a way where I was like gosh I hope this doesn't affect him because I think you guys know he's my favorite player yeah so I don't think I don't think the red flags are, are high on, on Najee Harris. I I, I think I don't think that's going to be a problem at all. Um, and he's he's, he's talented. So um, I love his mom in the video though. She's she's oh, sweet. Yeah, I've talked with her uh, a few times for stories, and she's she's a real sweetheart. So yeah, she looks just like him too. Like yeah, <laughs> you, you know, they come in a room and you, you know exactly whose mom that is. But yeah, look, if he ends up in Pittsburgh he may end up being the most successful one of these guys right off the bat. They're, the the running back spot in the NFL, you can be a star as a rookie. And uh, I could see him being a guy that if he gets to the Steelers would be a great fit. What about Buffalo? I mean, we've heard a lot of Buffalo. You don't think he's going to get there. Uh, I mean, he could. And that's the thing. I actually like him as a better fit at Buffalo. I think, look, if Buffalo gets Najee Harris, watch out. I think that they have a, a chance at the Super Bowl. I mean, because they're already pretty close and, they need that running game. You pair him with with Allen and, and Diggs, and now you got Harris. I, oh, I, I like that offense there. I think they could give Kansas City a run for its money in the AFC, and um, that that'd be that'd be cool. I I personally would love that fit. Yep. All right. So we got just gonna go through this again. We got Mac Jones going to the 49ers third. We got um, Jalen Waddle going to Miami. That's six. Patrick Sertain going to Dallas, 10. We got Devontae Smith going to Philadelphia at 12. And then we got Najee going to Pittsburgh 
at 25. 24, I think. But yeah. Okay, 24. All right, so any other – is there any other Alabama player in the top uh, – in the first round? There are definitely possibilities, right? But I have never seen more than four. Well, first of all, there's never been more than four. We're on number five. I'm just going to go and play the odds and say no, there's not. But there are probably, what, three possible ones that could be first-rounders still. I just don't think that they will be in the first round. Right, right. All right. Well, let me, let me, I like this question right here. And, and it kind of goes back to Najee. Uh, Najee, generational talent or just the first running back in this class, in your opinion? That's tough. Yeah. I, I think he's Great got all the, the tools to be, you know, a gen- I think the, first of all, I think the term generational talent gets thrown out a, a ton. Uh, you know, you can't have a general generational talent every single year. But if you're talking about, does he have a chance to be like the best running back in the league? Like, like we said, sure. I think some of that would depend on the offensive line he gets at the NFL. If he has a really crappy one, that's why I don't super love Pittsburgh because they need some help right now. But um, if he gets a, you know, a good offensive line, he has all the tools, you know, he's kind of like a faster version of Derrick Henry. Um, So, so yeah, he, he can do, he can do a lot. Um. But uh, yeah, so I, I'm gonna lean more towards yes on the generational talent, because um, in terms, especially in terms of talent, the, the kid can do everything. So yeah, to answer your question, yes, um, there have been probably better running backs maybe that have came out, um, but um, he's right up there. Raider fan, Raiders. My surprise Alabama first round selection is Landon Dickerson. Look, Landon Dickerson has been getting heat from some scouts and then other people jumping in there and saying, hey, wait a second. You can criticize him for the knee injuries, right? Which he had three of them, two at Florida State and one at Alabama. But when you grade out his performance, when he's in a game playing football at center, there's not a better player at that position in the country. Yeah, I think he's the best. Like, if he's if you could guarantee that he's going to be healthy, he's the best interior offensive lineman in, in the draft. But then again, like he's had two ACL injuries in his college career, he's had two ankle injuries in his college career, and so like he's got a pretty bad injury history. And I could see where a team might have a pause. But in terms of talent, and in terms of being like a dude that everybody wants to play with, because um, he's like the ultimate team guy. I mean, you saw what happened when he got hurt in the SEC championship game and the whole team came out to make sure yeah. he was okay. So, yep. Um, yeah. That, he's one of the three that I was saying. So Landon Dickerson, Christian Barmore, and possibly even Alex Leatherwood, they're all there, the possible late first round. I mean, there's no way that the Alabama is going to have eight first round picks, but um, they're all there, like along with the five that I mentioned earlier. So, um, And it's not always – Baltimore, your, your Ravens could pick them, shoot. Yeah, and I don't think they will, but they might. I mean, they just traded away Orlando Brown to uh, Kansas City, and Orlando Brown was great. He just wanted to play on the left side of the line. And so he went out basically, from what I understand, and facilitated the trade. Baltimore gets a first-round pick, and Kansas City gets you know, what could be – one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL. And I, I was surprised that the Ravens made that decision because with a team that runs constantly, you need a good offensive line, a great offensive line. So it'll be interesting to see. So Baltimore will have two picks in the first round after making that trade. And that's kind of been the big trade. I mean, going into this draft now, uh, or at least lately in the last week or so. Yeah. Uh, Thursday. Yeah, I think San Francisco could argue with you. The, the yeah, right. Game. Yeah, but th- Thursday could be nuts as far as trades go, and you know we'll find out. And sometimes trades just happen when this guy's available and this guy something happens and Mac Jones doesn't get taken third. I, you could see a, a huge trade come in for that fourth pick that um, is held right now by Atlanta, and then all of a sudden now we're hearing that Julio Jones might be on the trade block. Yeah, what should be something? That'd be crazy. Um, you know, if you look at a team that needs a uh, – I, I don't know what it would take to get Julio Jones, maybe a second-round pick, um, maybe a second and, like, a third next year or something like that. I don't know. Um, he's getting up there in age, but he's still a guy that's a, a hell of a wide receiver and could really could really help out a team. So, um, that, that'd be interesting. I uh, He's also 
a lot of money. And so I think that, you know, Atlanta needs to get rid of him to get him off the cap. And then, but it's also going to cost a lot of money. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. I know you would think if they trade him, they're taking pits that they feel like that'll change the production there. Right. Um, but it'd be interesting if uh, just if, if anybody with the Baltimore Ravens is listening, I would love to see Julio Jones traded. Sure. In yeah, I actually saw a mock draft where he did yeah. go to the Ravens. So that would be yeah. great. And um, they need it like a, a, a big game changing type of wide receiver. Baltimore hasn't had, uh, you know, a top notch wide receiver of that capacity in a long time. And their offense, it sputters when they're unable to run the ball uh, because, you know, they've got Hollywood Brown and that's it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap things up, guys. I want to invite everyone that is hanging out with us here tonight to join us on Thursday. Tony, myself, Kyle Henderson, Andrew Bohm, we're all going to pop on at some point. We're going to have an NFL draft watch party and the party's not going to get started until that third pick. Because yeah, yeah. that's when it gets. Yeah, that's when when things start to go off the rails. Right. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Tony, what else do you got going on? We've, we've thrown your article up here. I'm going to do it again so that people know that they can go to BamaInsider.com and they can read about the NFL and how different teams have taken Nick Saban, Alabama players over the years. Yeah, definitely. Uh, check that one out. Also tomorrow, um, we're going to have a mock draft recap. So you'll see, you know, kind of, we took 10 mock drafts and, and kind of, Saw, said where they all said that the where, where Alabama players would land. Those are always fun to kind of get you a better sense of who, what, where people are saying Alabama players will fall. So those are always fun. Later on in the the week too, we'll have a kind of like by the numbers piece, and I'll just keep you know we're gonna it's all draft right now up until Thursday, um, but um, but it'll, it should be fun. Awesome. Well, he's Tony Sue Collis. I'm Mick Gillespie. Don't forget to check us out here on the Bama Insider YouTube channel. Kyle Henderson and Andrew Bone will have some shows coming up. We are constantly covering the Crimson Tide like no one else, and we appreciate you guys so much, so much I can't even tell you. Thank you for being a part of this. Thumbs up and subscribe. Don't forget, those of you that are listening to the podcast or say you just want something to listen to while you're driving to work, hey, download the podcast, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we always appreciate you guys. And uh, I'll be back on Thursday for the draft party. Going to have some cold ones. I'm going to sit here and watch the draft with you guys. And I can't wait to see the comments section. I can't wait to see where Mac Jones goes, where Smitty goes, or Waddle goes. This is going to be exciting. And if Tony's predictions play out, I'm going to have a tough time watching the NFL on Sunday because I'm going to have so many different teams I'm going to want to see because of all the different Alabama players. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks, Tony. Thanks for watching. And roll tide.